Coming up on this week's episode, we talk about the Chelsea game, Man United shambolic performance at home, and Leeds high-scoring game against Fulham. Wonders of White is back, and as is Liam's story. I also test Liam's knowledge of managers, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode two, season three of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is here as always. Hello, Liam. Hello, Chris. How you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, you? Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> just, great now. <laughs> obviously, uh, you've just had your first game of the season as we record yeah. this and uh, uh, a 1-0 win Yeah. against Sheffield United. Brilliant. Very happy with that. Would have taken that at the start of the game. Played against 10 men for 80 minutes, but, you know, a win is a win. Let's put it that way. So Are you going to win the league? Uh, we're on course for it, Chris. We've got a, yeah. a 100% record. We're, um, we're going to score 38 goals this year, and we're going to concede zero. And you're above, maximum man, amount of points. you're above and, Man uh, City at the moment as well. So. We are, we're above, so just looking at the table, we're above Leeds, which is always nice. Uh, we're above Chelsea, which I will constantly remind you of throughout the recording. <laughs> Uh, we're above Man City and Man United, which is, I don't think we've ever been above all those teams at once. So that's always good. There you go. Look. Great day for you. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> okay, so um, a bit different this week. We're actually going to do the teaser towards the end of the podcast because um, as you and me testing Liam this week, and it's something a little bit different. Um, so we're going to start off with the talking points from this weekend and uh, we're going to look at the Chelsea game against Liverpool and um, I, don't, I think I don't think I can start anywhere else other, other than Kepa to be honest with you. I'm um, sure you were delighted when we the, decided on this game to talk about. <laughs> the the um, amount of times that this guy is mentioned when I talk to people about Chelsea is just ridiculous. Um it's it's just mistake after mistake after mistake. Um, he's got hands hands like Papa Dom's and legs like jelly. That guy. Um, it's it's infuriating, really, to be quite honest with you. To, to you think of all the drama that this guy's been through at the club, and uh, you think about all the way back to that Carabao Cup final against Man City when he refused to come off the pitch. Um, I would have thought alarm bells would start ringing then um, that he's probably not the keeper that we want at the club and I think uh, yesterday uh, unfortunately kind of um, summed up everyone's minds on him uh, and probably Lampard's as well Uh, um, the the mistake for the second goal is I don't even know what to say he's just what is he doing? What is he no doing? I, just get rid of it. In the air, not on the floor. <laughs> you know, it's just basic stuff, and it's week in, week out. He's it's, no secret, well, it's no secret Liverpool are going to pressure yeah. higher. Mm. So you'd have thought, do a bit of homework. Not even doing homework. Everybody knows that. Why he decides, I'm going to keep on passing it short when I've got three of probably the quickest players yeah. Always bearing down on me. It just yeah, decision making is not his strong point. I think if a game summed up his Chelsea career so far, this is probably a huge mistake to cost a goal. Yeah. 
Um, didn't look confident. I don't think uh, there was. Um, I only managed to catch the highlights of the match of the day, but there was one time he just went wandering out the goal. Oh well, yeah, he ran out the Salah. goal. He ran out after <laughs> Salah, and I think you're not going to you're not going to beat him to the ball. Why are you? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether he's trying to overcompensate. Maybe. Um, they said on match of the day that they almost felt sorry for him, but. I, mean, where, I can kind of see where they're coming from because it's clear his confidence is gone, but gone, I, I think he's done it to himself in that, you'd, like you mentioned, that League Cup final, not coming off the pitch. Sort of actions like that are not the actions of someone that you feel sorry for, if that makes no, sense. No, oh, definitely. And the thing is, obviously, um, it's expected within the next 24 hours that um, Mendy from Wren... Mm. Um, comes in and the last goalkeeper we bought from Wren turned out to be a world-class goalkeeper. So, uh, you know, um, I know they've got high hopes for him, um, whether he comes straight into the team and, um, you know, takes over that sort of number one role. I'm not sure. To be fair, I think even if next game he's not ready, I think Caballero will probably start Mm. in goal. Um, Unfortunately, I think Kep has probably had his day now. Um, but trying to offload him is not going to be very easy because obviously the price that, you know, the most expensive yeah. goalkeeper in the world, um, you're either probably likely going to have to loan him out somewhere. Because um, if someone looks at a video recording of his highlights, they're not going to be paying £70 million <laughs> for him. <laughs> and I'd like to know yeah. whose idea it was to buy him for £70 million as well, because <laughs> yeah. equally, they should be getting fired. Um, but sort of away from Kepa, um, defensively, we weren't actually that bad. Um, it, it seemed pretty organised first half. Um, it was just sort of st- Until five the minutes. Card. Yeah, yeah, that was so yeah. close to half time. Sort of come out. Yeah. I would have thought at half time he was like, just try and keep what you're doing. But obviously, it was just inevitable. I think once you let, once you conceded one, it was probably going to be two. And it was just a, that sort of five minutes sort of killed the game. Mm. Uh, obviously, then missed the penalty, which is equally more annoying as well. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think I think defence. We've got Chilwell still to come back in and. Obviously, Thiago Silva to, to slot back in. It seems to be that Zuma's his sort of number one choice out of Christensen and, and Tomori. I know Tomori came on in the second half mm. yesterday. And he, he did all right. He's, just, he's still got a lot of learning to do. But um, I think going forward, it'll probably be I Zuma do. and Silva, I think, taking those two spots. Yeah, I, I do think that, um, again, I, I only sort of caught the highlights but other than the five minute spell where obviously Liverpool scored both their goals you know it wasn't even for the whole time don't get me wrong but I think you you more than matched them and you know especially in the first half there weren't any real clear-cut chances I'd say for either side but um, you know it was it was a bit of a tetchy game, I think, overall. Oh, yeah, I it think was. You'd, you'd controlled it quite well as the home side. I think, you you know, you'd stopped Liverpool doing what Liverpool are known for doing. And um, there are plenty of positives for you to take. But, yeah, obviously, if the penalty goes in, um, it's a different game. And also, if your keeper doesn't make a howler, you know, <laughs> on another day it ends one all. You mm. might go and snatch a winner. You know, it's... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the um, free-flowing attacking football that we saw in the 5-3 during lockdown uh, at the end of last season, was it? But um, I think Liverpool will be very, very pleased to come away uh, from Stamford Bridge with all three points. So I do think that that the extra quality was up front for them. Mm. Not that Werner played particularly badly. I, I don't think he did. But no, I think he was You've got so many new players going offer, forward. There was yeah. a few times I thought Havertz... You know the link play isn't quite there yet, but it's it, it was promising. But you have got to give him time to bed in. I, I say and... give it sort of give it like three four weeks. Silver yeah. come back in, Chilwell come in. Hopefully the new goalkeeper's up to par. I think I think you know we'll we'll look a half decent side. I don't think we're going to be probably anywhere near winning the league, but I think it's a sort of step in the right direction. But absolutely, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see, and hopefully we'll um carry on next week and, uh, and get another win but well we'll move on to another team that struggled um, this weekend is Manchester United um, I think if there was any any f- sort of fans football fans up there it's Man United fans who are crying for a sign-in mm. um, but there was something that was just completely off on Saturday it's just very hard to, to kind of pinpoint where it was where it actually all went wrong but it was more, no, than, more than one issue it wasn't was just it? there was just didn't seem to be any sort of cohesion in the team no. um going forward it looked sluggish it was nowhere near sort of you know the main thing we saw after lockdown it was like a completely different side um obviously donny um got got managed to get a goal for them but very very terrible defending <laughs> Oh, yes. the, the penalty um, you know there was a few I think people obviously when the retake was done obviously they changed kick takers um, obviously in some people's eyes that's not right but I don't think you know there's no rules against that so um, but overall very lacklustre performance from Manchester United and they're going to need to bring a couple of defenders in. I think that if ever, you know, a performance showed that you needed something new at the back, it was definitely that one. Yeah, it's been another frustrating transfer window. I think, you know, Van der Beek, obviously, we both know him from our football manager careers with Ajax. But, Seven um, years in, he's still doing it for Ajax. You know, he, he, he looked to be a good signing and, and when that happened, mm. I thought, well, you know, maybe United are on for a better transfer window, but, it seems again like they're just they're being you, linked with everyone, and then they're not getting the people that they're do you being think linked it's, with. It's something to do with. You know, this is just thinking like maybe the board don't completely have a hundred percent faith in Ollie. Do you think it might be that? Do you think it's possibly? Um, I I I said I would be looking at it and saying, you know, if I was some of the big names they've been linked with have been like mm. Reguilón from Real Madrid, and you know they're always linked with Bale and people like that. I would, if I was one of those players, look at that and think Man United is a massive club. Obviously, they want to be fighting at the top. But at the minute, there's something so drastically wrong. Me going there isn't going to do that. It needs way more investment beforehand Mm -hmm. before I'm going to be tempted to go and join them at the moment. Um, You know, they've picked up Van der Beek from Ajax, who's obviously got Champions League experience. And, you know, I would I would say he is quite a big player. But when you're looking at where they need to fill holes with 
a big player. It's a centre-back. Yeah. And no one wants to join them. No one wants to be part of that solution of saying, right, well, I'm going to go to Man United and, it's, and I'm going to make a huge difference to them because I think there's so much that they need to work on. I mean, even in midfield, oh, I don't understand how Paul Pogba like carries on and, and has the reputation that he does and how he can be so different. Like we've seen him play for France. We've seen mm-hmm. him play for Juventus before he joined United. It's a totally different player. And I don't think that's necessarily all down to, well, the Premier League is a different type of football to Serie A or international. I don't know whether it's that he wants to, doesn't want to be there, no. or he wants to go somewhere else or what. He just looked so lazy um, at the weekend. There was no, I don't know, if you're a midfielder you, and you're chasing a game, which they were from early on, you want to be at it, full pelt, in the faces, closing down, and they just. I don't that's know. what I meant. They that's what I meant by like by them being sort of sluggish in attack. It was, really it, there wasn't really nothing coming from him. He wasn't feeding the right balls. Um, just his overall like control it wasn't great either. Um, it's it's um, I'm I'm very surprised he's still at Manchester you know, United. I thought they would have tried to cash in on him at some point last season yeah. um i was just very surprised he's still there i thought when they bought fernandez in i thought he was I probably going to be the replacement for Pogba. but yeah you know the thing is you know sometimes i think it's just down to the attitude of the player um and i think it's clear to see he, pro- he probably doesn't want to be there anymore yeah um but well, I, pro- I do think probably that on is... decent money yeah yeah but <laughs> You can be on all the money that you want if you if you don't want to be at a club. I don't. No. I just think the attitude has gone, and I think United. You know, we all know that De Gea was supposed to move what three years ago now to Madrid, and that didn't happen. Since then, it's almost been like he's a different goalkeeper. Mm. There's been flashes of what he can do. He's a great shot stopper, but I don't know whether it was a confidence thing. His 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 whole attitude and demeanour when he was playing just looked like it had changed. I think you could probably apply the same to Pogba. I don't think he wants to be there. And when you've got two big players like that, that's your starting goalkeeper and what's meant to be your star midfielder. It's almost like half the spine of the team, isn't it's it? Exactly. And they've got so many young players coming <coughs> through, you know, with Rashford and Greenwood and Brandon Williams, and they're looking up to these guys and seeing no sort of effort whatsoever. It doesn't inspire confidence, really, for mm. the young players coming through. Personally, I don't think. So... I mean, I don't. For United, I think the goalkeeper situation is actually quite simple. You, you've just got to play Henderson now. I do, you know, De Gea didn't make any. You know, he 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 couldn't have saved any of the goals. He, he did well on the original penalty, but to me, it makes no sense to keep him around. I think I think starting Henderson, I think would almost maybe give De Gea a bit of a kick up the backside to think, well, there is competition yeah. here now, because he hasn't really had. I know he's had Romero or whatever he's called yeah, like for the last like seven seasons or whatever it is like behind him. On the bench, isn't he? But yeah, he's not he's not got anyone fighting really for that for that top spot. But um, it's interesting. I remember about two or three seasons ago, um, I think it was after Man, I think Man lost Liverpool. And I, I remember they did um, they were speaking to Gary Neville and he was saying then and this was like three seasons ago that. Manchester United needed to sign five, six world-class players 
to get that team back to anywhere near winning the league. And you think over the last three years, can you pimp? I, I know Bruno Fernandes has done well, but I wouldn't say he's world class. Pogba, I think they pinned them, their hopes on him being world class. Hasn't really but he's not. No. They've used they've used their youngsters like Greenwood and Williams. You know they're not world class players. They're there, or you know yeah. they're, they're there, or they'll get there. And you think the only really world class player that I can think of in their team is is probably Rashford. And yeah, he's I wouldn't even say he's he's the closest thing they have to a world class player. Yeah. Uh, and that's not, you know, a, a joy but them. And I'm fully aware I'm a Chelsea fan and we don't have anyone as near... Well, there's probably a couple in contention, but I don't think that they've changed that team enough in the last three seasons. And I think they spent all that money on Pogba. It's almost like they're maybe a bit scared to, to you yeah. know, get the checkbook out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, well, I think say when... like I think back to Ferguson, yeah, and that's what it goes back. That is part of the problem, isn't it? We always go back to Ferguson, don't we? And we always go, well, well, United and Ferguson would have done this, but that that was nearly ten years ago. Now, you Mm. know, maybe they need to completely rethink their model. But you look at the players that that Ferguson attracted when he was at United. If there was a problem in defence, he went and signed Yapstam. There was a problem with creating goals. He signed Cantona. There was a problem with scoring goals. He signed Andy Cole, Dwight York, Teddy Sheringham. You know, it was, if there was a problem, he would go out, he would source the right person. He'd have the spine of his team with, you know, your Roy Keane, um, Paul Scholes, and your your Beckham, and whoever else from that 92 era, Gary Neville and so on. Anything around that was up for grabs then, wasn't it? And if he needed someone... To come in, he'd go out and he'd normally get the best. Obviously, he had a few misses where he signed like Forlan and Veron and people like that. But generally, he was looking at world-class talent and bringing it into Man United. Definitely. And yeah. now, I don't know. Obviously, it's very different having Solskjaer in charge. Yes, he's a Man United legend, but outside the game, I don't know. If I was a big player playing for Juventus or Real Madrid, would I say, I want, I want to leave Zidane behind and I'm going to go and work with Solskjaer? Probably wouldn't. He probably knows the best players in Scandinavia. Probably, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mulder, he could uh, yeah. maybe bring one in. But, you know, I, I think it's clear to see, even when you look back when that last season Fergie had, they won the league, but they only really won the league because Robin Van Persie was scoring yeah. left, right and centre. Yeah. And you look at the team that was inherited by sort of David Moyes from there, it wasn't a hugely successful team anyway. No. Um, you sort of take Van Persie out of out of that, and you're probably left with a very substandard Fergie side. Yeah. Um, I think. Anderson and they've just not recovered. And and, mm, they've yeah, just never Raphael. recovered from that, no. and I think it's. Yeah. You know, it's going to take more than just one defender, I think, to sort it out. Um, but where they don't want to take anything away from Palace, though. Oh, no, no. Because obviously, a player that was in that last Fergie team has scored twice against them this weekend. And you know, Palace have been very good so far this year in the two games that I've uh, seen them so far, and they did fully deserve the win. But Man United at Old Trafford, 
What's the second time in a year that's happened? Yeah. They beat them there last year. And they beat City at the Etihad, didn't they, last year as well? Yeah. So They are a hard team to play against. And, yeah, Hodgson you know, gets them organised, doesn't he? To be fair, like, they've kept hold as a half for like three years now. I think every transfer window he's linked with someone. <laughs> so, you know, whoever's there keeping him at the club, um, you know, hats off because, you know, he's the one that makes them... Can, can change a game for them with, with, with just, you know, a turn or a flick or just a bit of like, you know, he's got enthusiasm, um, yeah. you know, in abundance. So, yeah, fair play to Crystal Palace and Hodgson. You know, they do really well, but let's see what happens with Man United. So let's move on to oh, your second favourite side in the league, <laughs> Leeds United. Um, yeah. Another... Um, sort of thrilling game very exciting games to watch for the neutral probably not so excited for Bielsa um, you know defensively no. look a bit look about our sorts but going forward you know oh they look great don't know, they they look great so yeah. you know I think he's just got to try and find the balance now between you know attack and defend um, but I, I are you that worried at this start at the start of the season if he's you know shipping in sort of seven goals in two games but scoring seven goals in two games you know I mean if maybe if it wasn't Liverpool in the first game you might be worried but you know as I think I think I said last week there are going to be teams that go to Anfield and concede four goals um so you know they're probably the three best attacking players in the league you, you you can't really judge a defence based on playing Liverpool, but um, no, I, I yeah, agree. <laughs> I, mean, I totally agree. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, great to watch. Um, I mean, we've had so many entertaining games this week. Well, this is killing you. Saying that. <laughs> no, to be, oh, yes, I have problem. It's the fans more than more than the actual team itself I don't know I still don't like Bamford I still think he's a bit of a cheater but um, this is oh no you know. you're, not, you're not still you're not still cut up about that are you? oh yeah he's a know. Chelsea legend I won't, I won't have <laughs> things that weren't said about him like that um, um, you know going forward yeah I'm surprised I'm, I'm still surprised that their record signing Rodrigo um, doesn't seem to be getting a look in the league at the minute. He's forming that bench nice, isn't he? He, he is, played, yeah. he played um, in the League Cup. He scored in the League Cup game, didn't he? Yeah, I think no, he did. No, I, I didn't think he did. I thought Leeds lost and I didn't think he scored, but I might be wrong there. Um, okay. But Bamford is obviously still leading the line for them and it's working at the minute. You know, another four goals for them this weekend. But um, the other thing that I did notice from that game is Fulham looking serious trouble I think 4-3 to be fair probably flattered them a bit oh yeah they being were 4-1 down <laughs> and it could have been more and I and I remember the commentator saying you know this could this could be really damaging um they, and they showed you know a bit of spirit to pull it back but I thought that was more through a bit of luck than judgment um they've obviously got a dangerous striker in Mitrovic but yeah, he did. He he did at times actually make the Leeds defense look look quite poor. But other than that, I don't really think. You've got Fulham next week, haven't you? Actually, so. Yeah, we have. So I'm just going to put them down. I'm going to criticise them because I know. Six nil, seven nil. I expect nothing less, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you watch is going to lose it now, but um, um, 
But yeah, um, as I said last week, I think Leeds are going to be absolutely fine this year. But um, I just wanted to mention the defence again, because we did touch on it a bit last week. Um, To concede three goals against Fulham, and we did sort of want to use this as a a sort of um, a barometer of of how how much more improved they were uh, with the signings that they made than the other championship teams. And... um, that came up last year and yeah, I think they could have easily blown Fulham away this weekend. Mm. But, uh, yeah. I don't know what you made of the game, whether you watched yeah, it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I saw the highlights of it. Um, it was pretty much a goal every highlight to be fair, but yeah, um, yeah it's just, I think it's just simple really going forward. I, I think, you know, they're a very exciting team to watch, but defending, you know, they seem pretty hopeless at the moment, but I think, you know, they've, you know, Tactically, they've probably got one of the best managers you can get. So, you know, if anyone's going to shore out the defence, it'll be him. You know, I know that they were desperately trying to get um, White back, weren't they? So, um, whether they look, they obviously are looking for maybe another defender. Um, where they're going to find that now, I'm not too sure. But um, I think give it time. I think, I think you know, probably just first get the first couple of games out of the way. Maybe sort sort of see where they are in game seven, game eight, if they're still having games where they're winning 4-3, losing 4-3 or more or less, you know, I think I'd be a bit more worried then. But, you know, for now, I think I think they'll be fine. Like you said, I, th- I think out of the teams that came up, I think they'll be fine. I think, um, you know, West Brom conceded quite a few at the weekend as well. So um, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I, I think Leeds will be perfectly fine. I, I, I actually think Leeds will probably finish mid-table. Yeah, um, I could see them finishing, maybe even scraping in the top half if they get mm-hmm. a good run together. Um, yeah, I could see them, you know, but similar to Sheffield United last year, I think. Um, except they probably went about it a different way. You know, they went as free scoring, but while no, again, yeah. is, you know, is, it's a well-organised championship team coming up who spent wisely and kept the spine of their well, team that the done well for the championship. Kept, exactly. They've know, got they, a style, they haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Very hard to play against Sheffield, you know what it is. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's, so that was uh, this week's talking points. There was um, a lot of goals this weekend, wasn't there, Chris? Well, there was, was a, a record. record. I mean, we had a pl- like so many games we could choose to talk about this week. Yeah, we just didn't have enough time. Sorry, Rich. I know Rich, Rich messaged me this morning about hoping that we were going to talk about Tottenham and I told him that they didn't make the cut. <laughs> Um, yeah. Any other but, week they probably would have done. Yeah, but they did. They did play well. Tottenham uh, can yeah. take it away from them. You know, Sun um, is a huge player for them this season. And I said to Rich this morning, I said, um, I don't think that they'll finish in the top four. But the key to them finishing or trying to finish in that top four is keeping every single one of that starting eleven fit. Yeah. And you think this week they've got a game tomorrow and on Thursday, so uh, it's going to be yeah. very, very difficult to do that. Obviously tomorrow um, in the League Cup, I am assuming uh, that it is going to be uh, the the under 21s playing that game. Yeah. So obviously the rest of the team will be out in the Europa League. I think for them, I think Europa League for them is going to be key this season. I think that might be their only way into the Champions League. So, yeah, I um, think you might be right. And, you know, interestingly, as I live in Southampton, I know a lot of Southampton fans, 
they're not happy at the moment. Oh. I've seen a lot of them saying that uh, mm-hmm. Danny Ings aside they're their championship happy, squad they? at the minute. <laughs> no, they they're not. But, you know, happy. They, you know, they were to the end of last season. Yeah, but they moved. They're very pessimistic going fans, into this yeah. new season, though. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see we'll how see. that unfolds. We'll see. So that was talking points this week. Um, we'll be back in part two. Um, with Liam's story, uh, which I'm very much looking forward to. So we'll see you then. Hello and welcome back to part two of View from the Sideline podcast. Um, like I said, a bit of a switch up this week. I'm going to do the teaser for Liam. Um, this is just payback a- time for you, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it is, but I think you'll get these. Um, so, I have got three managerial quotes in front of me. Um, I just want you to tell me who or which manager said this. Okay. Now, I I have I can give you some clues um, if you are struggling for each one, but the first one is very very easy. Okay. Okay. So the first one is. Please don't call me arrogant, but I am a European champion, and I think I am a special one. Yeah, that's got to be Jose, hasn't it? Was Jose Mourinho yeah. after his first press conference as Chelsea manager? Oh, was it his first press? Oh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is confident, isn't it? <laughs> I thought he'd been in Chelsea for a while. Oh, I didn't I didn't realise it was his first one? Christ. Okay, next one. Uh, I couldn't be more chuffed if I were a badger. At the start of mating season. Oh. Um, There's a few was, managers that spring to mind. This was said by a manager. Uh, they beat Cardiff. So, that to me sounds like Ian Holloway. I'm going to go with Ian Holloway. Yes, correct. That is Ian Holloway. And this one, this is probably my favourite one of all time. And I think you'll get this one because it's so memorable. <clears throat> Which manager said this in a press conference after being asked a question? If you don't know the answer to that question, then I think you are an ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember this one. Um, that was Nigel Pearson, yeah, wasn't it? Nigel Just before Pierce. he got sacked at Leicester. Yeah, that was funny. That is that is the um, mind of Nigel Pearson after yeah you're rightly you're correct that was on the, asking him the question if he was on the if he thought his job was safe um, and then it wasn't because actually two games after he said that he got sacked so uh, yeah I thought that was funny so I saw this in a list uh, the Daily Mail printed a list of the favourite 50 quotes from uh, managers some of them are like all right but some of them are just hilarious like that ostrich one i couldn't believe that ostrich one wasn't even the top 10 it was like 18th or something i was like my god what's well, a ram it's the ramblings of a madman that yeah it um, really that is a man that's lost it yeah and then, uh, but yeah that was um, just yeah they, there's a few ian holloway ones as well isn't there that he, well, he was always great at press conferences well there's there's the one there's the famous one about ronaldo but my hand just didn't want to type that all out when he says he's hope he's <laughs> yeah. hung like a mouse or something but he's probably <laughs> yeah. hung like a donkey i think that was along the lines of, yeah. of those things but yeah 
bit different this week for the teaser, but um, it's just because I was reading through the quotes. So uh, that's good. I that. See if you can uh, have a little think. Um, that was a nice little reminder of Nigel Pearson being a bit mad. I always feel sorry for a journalist in that situation because you just don't know. They're only doing their yeah. job, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, asking yeah. a question, and yeah, they're the one that gets the. <laughs> gets the stick back but, yeah, nosh, so I thought it was probably one of the funniest <laughs> comebacks I've heard but yeah right so uh, settle down everyone grab your yeah. cup of coffee or your cup it's of tea sit in front of the uh, open fire and uh, Liam will get his big encyclopedia of football stories out I, I can imagine yeah. you have a pipe I don't know why you got a pipe, a pipe and slippers a pipe and slippers in your dressing yeah. gown and uh He's just turning the page to a new story or a new chapter of uh, footballing stories. I am. So uh, so this week um, I've been searching around for um, a particularly good one because I was running out of, uh, I've got a, a, a little list going and I was running out. So I wanted to find some new ones and I came across this absolute cracker this week. Uh, so I managed to find it somehow on a um, article on the independent website from 1993. So we're going back okay. to that time, and we're going back to a match between Congleton and Rossendale. So prior to this game, the officials for Congleton had received the sad news of the death of Fred Cope, who was a, formula, a former ambulance driver and Congleton's oldest supporter. So without hesitation... Their match programmer, Chris Phillips, wrote an obituary for the programme and informed the referees that a one-minute silence needed to take place before kickoff. So with fans entering the ground, they're all buying a programme and reading about the sad passing of their friend, lifelong Congleton fan, and the players are just coming out onto the pitch, about to surround the centre circle, ready for the referee to blow his whistle to start the one-minute silence. And then all of a sudden, there's a bit of a shock because 85-year-old Fred Cope, very much alive and well, walked into the ground. (laughs) So quick as a flash, the one-minute silence was changed to honour Sir Bobby Moore rather than the recently not deceased Fred Cope. So when he spoke about the incident, he took it in good humour. He said he'd had a few funny looks when he walked into the ground and didn't realise what was going on until he read the programme and saw his own obituary. And he was quoted as saying, I have felt bad the last week, but not that bad, (laughs) which I thought was great. Um, And then the day got even better for him. So it's not over there. Congleton ended up winning six goals to one, which was great. And then according to Chris Phillips, the guy who wrote the match programme, Fred not only came back from the dead, but he also won £10 in the halftime raffle. (laughs) So there you go. What a good day for Fred. So he came back to life and won £10. Yeah. There was no I, explanation as to why someone had reported him dead oh, that I could right. find. But, that, uh, that's um, that's for a prank that's gone a bit too far. Yeah. <laughs> that's the second I, oldest Congleton fan thinking, I'm fed up of being the second oldest. Yeah, Congleton yeah, fan. I want to be the first. So I'm going to knock off the oldest. <laughs> but I thought that, that tickled me this imagine, week. So. Imagine sitting in your, in your, well, probably standing at their ground, probably stand next to their ground and then just like looking down, seeing him there and thinking, and just like taking a double take, <laughs> like looking at the match <laughs> programme, like looking at him and thinking, um, he's, he's alive. alive, he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that is quite funny. And I was hoping when, that, when you started that story and you were saying about he was dead, I was like thinking... 
oh, that's going to be funny if he's actually still alive. <laughs> Although slightly embarrassing. Yeah, well, I would, I would have thought so, yeah. When you, um, I can't imagine walking into a ground and everybody's staring at you like you're not meant to be there. But obviously well, at least he, got to, he got to see what people actually thought about him. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, as long as anybody nasty in his obituary. <laughs> yeah, what a horrible man. <laughs> yeah. And we're glad he's gone. Grumpy old man. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, very um, a very good story there. I enjoyed that one very much. Cool. So we'll move on to the wonders of white, and uh, four for you as always. And first up is Brendan Rodgers became the fourth quickest manager to reach a hundred Premier League wins. So he's in a company with. Can you name the other three managers that, that Ooh, were faster? Wow. Uh, so what was it to 100 league wins yeah so I imagine Guardiola's got to be up there hasn't he he's not in there go with Pep nope oh has he not got to 100 yet um who else would there I'm guessing Ferguson Fergie is number one uh and I would guess Wenger then nope well I'm not doing very well this week am I uh, I um, can give you a clue. Yeah, go on then. Uh, one of them was a Liverpool manager. Uh, and it wasn't and, Brendan Rodgers. And Blackburn manager. Oh, it's got to be Dalglish then, has it? It is Dalglish, yeah. And the third, the third one surprised me even more. Um, think, um, think Newcastle manager... Um, first one I think of is Keegan. That's Keegan. correct. Yeah, Kevin Keegan. Really? Yeah, he's third on the list. Wow. No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have if you hadn't have told me Newcastle. I wouldn't have even guessed it. Right. So it's Fergie, Dogleash, Keegan, and now Brendan Rodgers. So uh, this is the Go first time. Everybody. Yeah. This is the first time that both Liverpool and Everton have both won their opening two games in the Premier League since the 93-94 season. Just goes to how bad Everton and all they are. <laughs> that is quite surprising. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is quite surprising, isn't it? Because, you know, Everton obviously had a good run under Moyes and constantly finished in the top six. And, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, David De Gea has failed to save any of his last 18 penalties against him in the Premier League. The last one he saved was against Everton from Leighton Baines in 2014. Well, to be fair, he wasn't lucky not to save it this week. Yeah, yeah. So this this one, this is this is from a Spanish. This is a Spanish one. Um, I don't know why I picked this one because the guy's name I'm just going to murder this guy's <laughs> name. Luck. I can know I know his first name. So aged 41 and 114 days, Alberto Cifuentes, I think I did it, became the second oldest La Liga player ever for Cadiz. Blimey. 41. Yeah. Can you guess where he plays? What position he plays? Uh, he's got to be a keeper. He is a goalkeeper, yeah. Got to be. Yeah, second oldest. And I think the oldest was from 1920-something. So, you know, it's, it's oh, been yeah. literally like nearly 100 years. So, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, well, to be fair, every year they normally release uh, a little something on 
BBC or Sky about that guy in Japan who's like signs another 50, contract yeah, and, yeah. Going and he's in his fifties. <laughs> he's like fifty, isn't he? But he still yeah. scores. He still scores he does goals. Occasionally, yeah, he mm. does. Yeah, he's just been going such a long time. You think, oh, give it up. <laughs> so yeah, so from that you've taken that Kevin Keegan, um, you know, is the third t- third quickest time to get to a hundred Premier League. Although I think you rightly said Pep. I think he is more on his way, I think. Maybe he's just not had 100 yet. No, I think he's in the 80s, I think it was, 70s or 80s. But I think when you look at his percentage, it it would beat Douglas. If he keeps going the rate he's going, he'll be second. He won't beat Fergie, but he'll he'll be there. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Good facts this week. Yeah, that was it. That's, that's that um, anything else mate no not from me other than Villa are going to win the league obviously oh dear <laughs> well, you've, got, you've got Fulham next week yeah so and we've got West Brom so oh so uh, you'll be expecting to win that but yeah if but we, we can... haven't got um, we haven't got a League Cup game this week so Oh yeah, we have actually. We've got Bristol away, Bristol uh, City away. But if we you can get a, to do against, against them, mate. I don't want you coming away from that. I don't want Bristol City winning. No, I know you don't like them, obviously, with your allegiances um, to Yeovil there. But um, no, if we can, if we can, if we do get a win against Fulham next week, it'll obviously be a very good start to the season for us. If Tottenham get through, we got them in the next round. So. I think they're playing late in Orton. Is it late in Orton they're playing, I think? So, yes, they are, I think. But, so we'll play the winners of that. Um, I'm assuming that the next round is probably next week. So, <laughs> cause they're, they're, uh, they're do, are they doing literally like every week at the moment, aren't they? The, oh, no, you are playing, Chris. You are. You're playing uh, on Wednesday. Um, and you're at home to Barnsley. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, uh, getting... Getting ahead of yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's because I, I saw on there that it said we'd play the winners. I was like, oh, okay. I was just going to show how much I'm bothered about the Carabao Cup. Oh, I know. I oh, would we'll do Barnsley for you, mate, don't worry. You might be playing them next season. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got a better chance of that at the minute. So. <laughs> oh, Good luck with yeah, the relegation yeah, right, battle, mate. Yeah, yeah. God, this relegation sucks, man. Yeah. But yeah, cool. Well, um, yeah, well, I haven't got anything else. So um, we will be back next week.